Welcome to the Rising Kings podcast, where we enable you to raise your standards, elevate your performance, and live to your highest order in business and in life. If you haven't already, make sure that you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any feature content. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Rising Kings podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and of course, with me, we've got Ben Salkeld, our founder and director here at Rising Kings. Ben, what's up, brother? How are you? What's up, brother? How are you, man? Good. Feeling good? I'm going to throw it back at you this time because I'm always the one who has to share what's going on in my mundane life. (laughs) Feeling good. Feeling really, really good. You know, I'm sort of uh, excited and also sad at the same time. Still here in the US, but we're making our way back to that side of the world. I don't want to say depressed, but sad because, you know, my parents and the kids had an incredible time together. My kids have been absolutely spoiled since they've been here. And I think that's what grandparents are. That's their job to, you know, is, is to spoil the kids. But also at the same time, it's like, I'm the one that's going to have to worry about that when we get back over there. Yeah. It's funny, man. Like when I look at the same with my parents and how they interact with my kids and I go, how am I going to be as a grandparent if I have that opportunity to be a grandparent one day? And it's like, am I going to do the same things? Like, is that what we do? We're there to spoil and because that different energy that comes, isn't it? Compared to when they're your kids and you're with them 24 seven and there's like, there's a different energy to, you get to see them a couple of times a year and it's like, you just want to flood them with love and right. energy and gifting and gifts. And you just want to see them smile and laugh because you never want to see them cry, sad or upset. I'm making an assumption here. I'm not a grandparent yet. <laughs> And I trust I'm still a long way from it. But I think it's like, I'm always thinking about, you know, like, how am I going to operate as a grandparent one day? And I think too, there's also seeing your own kids, you know, like your parents getting to see you. And I think, you know, when I catch up with my parents, it's, I'm getting to the stage now where I'm not taking it as as much as for granted as I used to, because it's like, heaven forbid, but what if this is the last fucking supper man what if this is the last time you see them like the reality is you just especially as our parents get into their you know late 60s 70s and 80s it's you fucking never know yeah and that's the thing for me it's like you know i really wanted to make sure that my parents got an opportunity to really spend time with the kids and you know during the festivities of of the holidays and stuff like that it just kind of made things even more special but yeah, it's I'm yeah, the kids are just absolutely love being at grandma's house. I mean, they're you know, they're watching all their cartoons with grandma, you know, they're baking cookies and pies and bread together and it's just they're just having a blast and they don't really want to leave. You know what it is? You know what I think it is? This is what I think it is. Because I look at when my parents are with the kids. Presence. When the grandparents are with the grandkids, you just watch, man. Like the grandparents don't want to be anywhere else. They're not thinking about fucking work and cleaning and all the fucking chores and everything that needs to be done. They, they're just with the kids yeah. 100% because they're like, I've only got a short time with them. And they just, when they're baking cookies, they're baking cookies. They're not thinking about, oh, I've got to do this and I've got to go do the washing and I've got to go make the beds and I've got to go, you know, it's like, they're just there. And it's the same with, you know, what we call my father, Pop Pop, you know, it's just, when he's with the kids, it's just like it's 100% focused with the kids. They love being around their nena, like my mother, who's just gorgeous in the way that she operates. And she's just, 
man, you know, if the kids are doing something as boring as, you know, Bodhi's into card tricks or Lily's fucking drawing and coloring, like Nena is just 100% right there in the moment for as long as it fucking takes. You know, there's no, all right, man, let's move on. I got shit to do. I got to get this done. I got to get that done. When, the, when it comes to the grandparents, they're just, it's until the kid gets bored. It's until they go, hey, I want to do something else now. And Nana and Papa will go, cool, let's go do that. Yeah. And I think that's what, because I've always thought of it. I'm like, what is it about the grandparents, man? Like, why do they have such a good time when they're with the grandparents? What's this feeling that the kids are like, oh, man, I can't wait to see them again? And I'm like, it's presence, brother. Like, I really do think it's just this notion of presence. They're just in that moment, like you said, baking cookies. And that's all that they're doing with the little ones. And I do believe, like, that's what they fucking desire. That's what they love. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like I said, it, it's really cool. And, and for me, like my parents had, and I never, like, I've never seen this. They have, have so much patience for my kid. Yeah. I mean, imagine a two-year-old making you, you know, a grandpa bracelet with these little beads. And it's like, they did it for like hours. And I, you know, I, when I was younger, I don't think my mom would have been like, I oh, just forget it. Just, let's just go buy you one. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I think too, as parents, right? Like, I do believe there's something big in this and it's, you know, it is the practice of presence. Yeah. The challenge as a parent versus a grandparent is as a parent, there's also all the responsibility that lays around it in terms of the day-to-day duties. Yeah. Because, you know, when my children stay with my grandparents and, you know, they've only done it a couple of times where Angie and I haven't been there, chose one and I haven't been there. The thing is, like, there's responsibilities to get done, but it's not, no one has to go to work. You know, they're retired. They're on a farm. It's like full just, hey, man, they just move around, navigate, you know, the the washing and the cleaning sort of gets done, but it's less. Whereas I feel when you're a working parent, like, it's, there's a lot of responsibility. Like, it is the challenge. How do you create more space to be able to be with your children present rather than rushing around trying to do everything else. And I think that's the challenge, man. I feel maybe that's where the grandparents, our parents are like, well, we want to make up for lost time. You know, I wasn't able to do that with my kids. I'm going to do it with your kids. And it's like, yeah, beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, I think this is something, this would be an interesting topic to sort of talk about because I think like for me, this is something that we could, you know, a lot of us that are working parents now can probably learn and pick up some stuff from our parents on how to be more present with our kids. Yeah, so today's topic, is something that I don't know why we haven't really talked about before. And today's topic is kind of, you know, being true to your authentic self. Now, if you've looked at, you know, the guys that are listening now, if you've ever taken our Live Your Legacy scorecard, there's one question in there that we ask. And it goes something along the lines of, you know, are you the same person in terms of values, traits, and characteristics, you know, in public as you are behind closed doors? And I would say that, you know, The hundreds of men that have taken this, that have done it, I would say that probably 80 to maybe 86, 87% have probably said no. And for me, I think that's a huge thing. Like to have that many men say that they are not living to their authentic selves or that, you know, what they show in public is not who they really are. So I'm curious, like for you, have you always, or are you right now living life that is true to your authentic self? Or are you living a life that is based on, you know, what your parents, what your chosen one or, or what the society sort of expects from you? 
Well, if you say, have I always, the answer is no. <laughs> if you say, am I am now, yes. Because uh, this is one of the things I've worked heavily on myself. You know, if you go back, like I said, you know, when I started my journey 10, 12 years ago, there were multiple bends. There was like business bend, there was like family bend, there was like social bend and all different values. And, you know, the smiley, happy face when he's in the social scene, you know, the get shit done, highly disciplined person in the business scene. And then when it comes to, you know, marriage and all that sort of stuff, it's like the lazy kind of checked out version of Ben. And so it was, you know, where I made the transition over the past couple of years is just really being around why am I being a different person in all these scenarios? Why can't I just be one authentic version of myself that I'm proud to uphold on a day-to-day basis? Because man, to be honest, like when I wasn't, it gets fucking exhausting. Like the truth is it's tiring holding up multiple personalities. Let me ask you this then. So like in the past, when you weren't living life, you know, and when you weren't staying true to your authentic self, like how did that affect your relationship with everybody in general? It probably didn't affect so much those around me because, you know, they're just seeing one version of Ben, but there was a different Ben behind closed doors to the Ben that was out in public, you know, in social scenarios. And I don't think it had a massive effect on those around me other than my family because they're not like the conversation would always come up like, why are you this person when we're around these people and happy and connecting and talking and open and, you know, chatty and all that? And then chosen one to be like, and then when we come home, I fucking can't get boo out of you, you know, like you don't talk, you don't open up. And so it would have affected chosen one on that level because she's saying, fuck, I know you've got potential to speak. I know you've got, you know, the fun, happy, joyous person in you, but why do you only bring it out when you're around others in social scenes, but when it's just us two, I don't get that side of you. So there's, there's that impact. The other impact is more around personally. Like I do think it, it has a dramatic effect on an individual when you're not living at the same set of core values in all that you do. Because again, like we said, it's it takes energy to switch from one to the other, but also too, there's an internal conflict going on because chosen one was right. Why was there a difference in energy when I'm out in a social scenario, right? You're out with others and it's like, yeah, chatty, you know, yeah, da-da-da, this, and I'm, oh, life's great and I'm so grateful, I'm so happy, and da 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 And then behind closed doors, it's like miserable, head down, don't want to talk. And that's where I started to question myself. I'm like, fucking, what's the deal here? Why is that the case? What does it take to get that energy? Because I would feel different in a social scenario to what I would when I was at home. And I'm like, what's broken here? Why can't I bring that into my home environment? Like, this is the woman I love. Like, I chose to be with her. These are the kids. These are my fucking children. Yet, I save all my excitement, fun, and joy for everyone else. I'm like, man, this is back to front. And so that's, you know, a lot of the work has enabled me to align that and bring it together so that the person I am at home is the same person I'm here on the podcast, is the same person I am out on the street. It's the same person I bring to CrossFit. It's the same person I bring to a mountain bike ride. It's the same guy I bring to you know, someone's 50th or 40th or a wedding, et cetera. It's the same guy. 
So let me ask, so before you sort of started doing the work on yourself and you were that guy where, you know, in social events, you would be the happy-go-lucky sort of life of the party, just always enjoying himself type of guy. But yet when you went home, you were just kind of like, I don't want to say miserable or grumpy or whatever, but you were not or did not have sort of the same energy level as you did when you were out in public, right? So like, was your relationship with the chosen one and maybe with the kids, were you more disconnected then with them or even like with yourself? Very disconnected with myself. The reason, like what I've understood over the years of working on myself to try and figure this out from a logical standpoint is you're seeking external validation. So when I'm in a social scene, I've got to seek the validation. So I've got to be the fun, joyous, hey man, yeah, like everything's good. I'm good. Everything's great. You know, it's so good to see you. This is awesome. I'm having so much fun, etc. You're putting on this facade because I want them to go, oh, Ben's a good guy. Oh, I love hanging out with Ben. And I think the, the disconnect was when I'm at home, it's, well, chosen ones, you know, I don't need to earn her validation at that point. I'm married, mate. I got two kids. Like, I don't need, they see me as I am. And that's, if they don't want to be with me, they don't want to be with me. Like, this is the mindset I was running at that particular point in time. And so it's a very external driven validation. I want others to see me in a certain light. But the truth was, I didn't see me in that true light because it was a fucking lie. So when did it get to that point that you were like, I can't continue to live this way? I have to start living to my authentic self. Like, was it, you know, just you internally realizing that you were completely different or things were exhausting? Or did the chosen one end up saying something to you that sort of made you wake up and go, you're right, I'm not who I am? Chosen one had spoken to me many times around it, you know, and it was just planting these seeds because at that point in time, I didn't want to hear it. And then there was also part of me, like just part of my internal soul that was like, Really? Like, this is, this is how you're going to live the rest of your life? Like putting on a, a show out there and living a completely different life here at home? Because the truth is, the social scenes aren't as often as behind closed doors, right? Yeah. We spend less time in a social scene than we do with our loved ones if, if we're setting ourselves up properly and we want to spend more time with our family. Now, the challenge there is like, well, if I'm having more fun when I'm in the social, it's pulling you away from spending time with the family. You want to go, oh, I don't want to fucking go home. I don't want to deal with the kids. I don't want to deal with chosen one because I'm having more fun and joy and excitement out here in this social environment. Right. Now, when you look at that as a, you know, like mid 30 year old man, I'm like, what happens with this long term? I'm saying it's okay to just fucking not spend time with chosen one and the family because I don't feel as happy as I do when I'm in a social environment. So I'm just going to go and spend more time in a social environment. At some point, your social network moves on and you go, well, I'm going to end up a fucking lonely person here. Right. Pissed off, you know, disconnected, unhappy, just bouncing around social network, social network, trying to find like the false highs of I'm a great guy because I'm fun and exciting and all that. And it's, it was in that moment where I started to go, what's important here, Ben? And that's where it's like when you start looking at values and we always go, oh, family first, family first. Yeah, we fucking say it all the time, but man, Ben, you're not living it. You say family is the most important thing in the world. Every time you ask at some event, etc. put down your top five values, always in the top five family, nine times out of 10, it's number one. Why aren't you fucking upholding it? 
And so that's where the transition started to occur because you start to awaken to it and you start to wake up and you go, I'm not living the right life here. I'm doing something fundamentally wrong. And that's what started to, so it wasn't just like one epiphany, it was over time. And when you're hearing it from chosen one, and then, you know, at first you reject it, bullshit, don't want to hear it, don't want to hear it. And then after a while, you start to realize that's truth. That's the truth. And then you recognize it in yourself. And then you connect the dots and you go, there's work to be done here. And I want, I desire to do the work on it. It wasn't, well, I don't want to deal with it. It was like, I want to spend the rest of my life with Chosen One. Like, I want a future with Chosen One and I, you know, living out the rest of our days, growing, evolving as parents, as, as lovers, as connectors, etc. So it's like, you got to start investing time, effort, and energy in there and bringing in this authentic self. Because if you don't, you're going to lose it. And I, at that point, I'm like, okay, I don't want to lose it. I'm ready to do the work. And that's hence what started the transition. And that was for me, like, you know, prior to me leaving the States the first time was because I was around people that were just not there. Like, you could tell they were, they had on this facade, right? Oh, man. I see. Once you're awakened to it yourself. Right. It's like, <laughs> you're like oh you see it, man. You pick it up and it's everywhere. You it's, pick up the BS pretty quick. Oh, 100%, <laughs> man. It's hilarious. It's <laughs> and I'll never forget, there's this one guy that we, we literally started our weekends Thursday night. And at the time, I think he was like in his mid, late 40s. And he was just always life of the party, right? He knew everybody and anybody at the clubs, you know, sort of that scene. And I mean, we just partied it up. But like when he would, and I, I caught him once sort of having a conversation with his partner. I kind of walked into the office accidentally and he was just in tears. And when he finally opened up, he basically said that like, you know, he's working to live this party life. Because that makes him feel good. Buying drinks for everybody at the bar, for everybody knowing his name, everybody kind of celebrating him when he walks in the door. Like that was his thing. But the reality is when he went through like tough moments, like none of these people were ever really around. So he goes, why am I putting on this act to try to be everybody's friend? But at the end of the day, like nobody's really there for me. So for me, like when I saw that, I think he was on his like, second going on his like third sort of second divorce I think he was going through. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, if I continue to hang around people like this or like him, like, could I really have a family and be happy with myself? Because this is, again, like your network is, you know, like that whole saying. And I'm thinking to myself, like, is this the kind of guy, friend, tribe that I really want to be around? Because seeing how he's acting, Knowing who he is in public and being the life of the party, and yet like he's just, you know, he's miserable. I'm like, I don't want to be around people like this. And I know if I had a family, what kind of asshole would I be if I continued to live around, you know, people like that? And I know that's probably like kind of, you know, a similar position that you were before you started working on yourself. Yeah, man. It was just, again, I was, there was, and for those listening who might resonate with the story, if they're in that position, there's a void inside because what's the one thing I didn't have back then that I have now? And that's self-acceptance and self-love. So I was filling the void through the external, like what you, you said, your friend there, right? Like, I want people to say, you're great. Oh, you're awesome. I love you. Da, 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 because I couldn't get it from myself. 
And then as you transition, like when you work on yourself and you actually fix this whole void and you become an authentic version of yourself because you accept yourself, you don't need to play different roles, different parts. You just be you, authentically you, because you're clear on what that man looks like. And you start operating like that and living up to the values and living up to the behaviors and operating like that on a day-to-day basis. All of a sudden, I accept myself at that higher level. I'm learning to love myself at that higher level. So I don't need people around me to go, you're awesome. I believe I'm fucking awesome. And when I do that, I've got now more space, more capacity to be able to give more love, connection to my chosen one, to my children, to those who matter around me rather than trying to seek to fill that void from all the external validation that occurs around you. And all of a sudden, there's a massive shift that occurs in your life when that happens. So would you say that being you know, true to your authentic self definitely helps you know, build a greater self-confidence and self-esteem? That's how you build confidence, is 100%. It's confidence doesn't come from, because I've searched for confidence. Like I thought I had a confidence issue eight, nine years ago. I was like, I seeked a confidence coach. I was coached in confidence. And this is how the coach was coaching me. You know, I had to get on a tram in Melbourne and do like a speech in front of people to build confidence. You know, I had to do things that scared me to build confidence. Now, look, that builds some like a small level of confidence, but it's not the deep-seated confidence that you seek and desire where it's like, I can just step into myself and just be my authentic self and not worry about what others think. That comes from self-acceptance. That comes from authenticity. That comes from me being accepting of, hey, world, this is who I am. These are all my flaws. This is all my greatness. This is everything. And I fucking love the guy who it is. It's not perfect because there's no such thing. It's not the same as anyone else. It's very different. But I accept this person who I am. Now, all of a sudden, it's like this freedom and confidence come together. Now, just because you do it once doesn't mean it's completed. This is the work, man. This is, I got to work on this every single day. Because the demons come up every morning to say, hey, man, you don't have it today. You're not good enough. This is fucking not working. This is not where it's like. So I've got to challenge those. I've got to slay the demons every day. I've got to turn that voice inside. I've got to dial it down. So it's always there. And I love that negative voice of Ben who's with me for the rest of my life. He's just always going to be there. He's always going to be tapping on my shoulder, looking for the vulnerable moments to step in and take over. And I accept him. Yeah. I've just dialed him right back. Thanks, man. Thanks for showing up, having a conversation. I don't, I'm accepting of, of all that is right now, and I'm comfortable with that, and I feel good about it. And speaking of that, right? So to those guys that are listening to us right now and going, yeah, you're right. I'm not living you know, true to my authentic self. Like what sort of small steps or maybe strategies or tactics or whatever it is that you want to call it that they can take so that they can align better with who they are and their values. So the first thing you got to get clear. We've talked about this before, right? Like it's clarity first. Clarity in terms of, well, what is your authentic self? Because a lot of us go, well, I'm not being my authentic self. But when it's like, well, what is your authentic self? What do you actually want? You know, we say this all the time. You know, you dig in on what you want. Most people don't even start there. They're like, well, I don't really know. And then we just get busy being busy again. And it's like, well, nothing's going to fucking change. It's, we've got to understand what it is we seek. Why is it that we desire that? What does it look like when you have it? But then the big piece that ties in with this is who do you need to be in order to get that? Like if you want 
more fulfillment, joy, happiness, connection, you know, love, fun, all these things, you're going to have to look at, well, who's the type of guy I need to be to have that? You're going to have to have a very different set of values and behaviors than the current operating system you're running. And so you've got to get clear on that. So that's where the work comes in, in terms of like what we do inside Rising King's experience. It's called the personal code. This is a core element for us. This is a key piece. We're driving guys to get crystal clear on their personal code. That's a purpose statement, two core values, and a set of behaviors that live under them. Now I'm clear on the guy I, I need to be in order to get this desired outcome I'm looking for. Then you start upholding it. Then you start living it. And that's where you break the shackles, man. That's where you transition from Ben version 1.0 to Ben version 2.0. And so that's the shift. It's not a, hey, you read this book and all of a sudden you're going to be a different version of yourself or here's the magic pill and all of a sudden you live an authentic life. The problem I see with most men is they're just not clear on the man they desire to be. Firstly, and then secondly, they don't have a clear roadmap or a path to actually uphold living that. That's accountability, right? That's being accountable. It's also being decisive in terms of the person that you want to be. And it's being able to do that on a day-to-day basis. That's Ben Sokeld, and I'm Michael. And this has been another episode of the Rising Kings podcast stay strong. So that's it for this week's show. We really hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Make sure that you head over to iTunes, uh, rate and review the show. This really helps us get the message out there to ensure we're doing our part in helping others raise their standards and live to their highest order. Also too, if you haven't already, you can apply to join our free Facebook group where we take this conversation deeper and further. And then finally, if you want additional resources, etc., head over to risingkings.com.au. Have an awesome week. Stay strong.